0: Future Self Podcast, Episode 21.
1: Add value and solve problems, those are the two, I mean, if I could just go down to four words for being a successful entrepreneur, those are them.
0: This is the Future Self Podcast, he's your host, Robert Ingalls. Hello, Future Self friends, and welcome to episode 21 of the Future Self podcast. Now, as you know, my goal with every episode is to provide you with as much value as possible in our short time together. And I do that by harvesting actionable advice from each guest, advice that you can implement in your life today to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And friends, believe me when I tell you that today's episode with Michael Simmons is packed full of valuable and actionable advice that is going to help you get there. Let's get to it. Today's guest is a graduate of the University of Miami. He's an entrepreneur by trade with his hands in marketing, web development, virtual reality, business development, and consulting with operations in Charlotte, Miami, and New York. It is my pleasure to welcome the CEO of WIMS Consulting, Mike Simmons. Mike, thanks for being here and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. We heard a little bit
1: uh, about what you're up to. Why don't you take a moment and let us know what's going on in your life right now? All right. Well, uh, as you mentioned, I'm the the CEO of Wimps Consulting, which uh, we do marketing, CRM services, uh, video. Uh, We do virtual reality, which which again part of that is with business partnerships and and with other uh, independent contractors and such. But uh, full service marketing consulting firm. And uh, again, so we're we're, we operate mainly out of Charlotte, and this is our home now. But uh, I spent a lot lot of time eleven years in Miami. Uh, after I graduated from the U- University of Miami, and so of course, I still have a big presence there as well and uh New York has been relatively recent past year or two, and uh certainly trying to grow the footprint the footprint there as well uh but so yeah running running my main business um that that's certainly my my full time job and then I also have a couple other companies that I'm a co-founder of where i'm the c m o for uh, one is a company, Eolian VR, and that's where the virtual reality and augmented reality side of things comes from. And we also do app development and things like that, 360 video. Right. Uh, and that that company is actually based in New York, and uh, with my business partner there. But we uh, operate here as well, and and um, again, Miami also is one uh, one of the members of our team. Uh, also involved in the Bitcoin industry and Ethereum, and uh, uh, have a a, a company that. Again, I've been a, a co founder of and and working called Nice, uh, G N E I S S. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's again it has its own coin, but it's based off the Ethereum blockchain and things like that. So, so while I I love, uh, certainly being an entrepreneur, there's a couple other industries that I've been interested in in terms of co founding. And those are two that I just think the future sky high and wanted to be a part of. So, uh, it sounds like you're a busy man. Busy, busy man, for sure, for sure. And I
0: know we were talking a, a little earlier. You also have a, what, four and a half month old?
1: Four and a half month old son, yeah, Maximilian. And uh, that's been incredible. It's been an amazing experience, but definitely another full-time job. He is my most demanding client by far. <laughs> doesn't pay nearly as well either. Doesn't take no for an answer. Does not take no Ever. for an answer. <laughs> well, right on, man. Yeah, I've, I've always
0: been very interested in virtual reality. Uh, as a kid, there was there seemed to be like there was being advancements made mm-hmm. when I was, you know, like probably around 10 years old. Like mm-hmm. you go to theme parks and they'd have like these virtual reality things, which we never did because my mom was like, we don't have money for that. Right. Um. But... <clears throat> You'd always see that kind of stuff, and it looked like it was coming, but it never really made it. Like you never saw it in anyone's house. And in the last few years, it really seems to have taken off, and that uh, seems like a good industry to be in. It's something I'm certainly interested in keeping up with.
1: Absolutely, it's it's been fun experience, and and uh, one of the angles we took because I think that the B 2 C model, the direct to consumers, is an interesting platform. But uh, with with our company, we we decided to take it a step further and go more towards enterprise. And really finding solutions from a VR and AR perspective that help solve business problems. Because the entertainment uh, aspect of it, the uh, escapism part is certainly huge. And I mean, that's clearly seems to have been the first uh, model that's been really kind of uh, mass adopted. We wanted to kind of go to the next level and find really tangible problems to solve in in a way that provides ROI, whether it's education, whether it's training. Uh, whether it's, uh, again, using it as a marketing uh, platform, whether it's helping to sell, for example, in a commercial real estate for allowing investors or uh, potential uh, potential tenants to kind of see a building before it's even built and kind of do a walkthrough and see what it's going to look like in a more dynamic uh, a way. Um, again, so we started thinking that way and not to mention... High risk uh, industries such as with, with the, involved with the military, involved with utilities like like Duke Energy for example, you know being able to train an employee uh, before they actually go up, excuse me, into the uh, you know into the tower and, and risk getting electrocuted right, kind right. of thing. Yeah, that's a good uh, idea. Yeah, so there's so many different applications that, again, the it's just it's just been a whole it's been fun to really. Go back and watch, for example, The Matrix or Star Wars with a different light of like, yeah, this yeah. is real. We can make this work. And uh, again, so can I- can plug I, them in. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it allows you to goof off a little bit but with more of a uh, business use case. Right, right. Um, which I don't do too often. But again, I did I did go back and watch, again, The Matrix and Star Wars. Right, and right. Like, we could do that. That that's real now. It's a
0: reversing the red pill.
1: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, so, what brought you to Charlotte when you're in Miami? All right. So I, uh, well, I, I moved here for a girl to, to be just blunt with it, <laughs> as we do. Exactly, as we <laughs> do. Uh, and actually, this girl we, we met at the University of Miami, and we uh, I chased her for a few years. Good we for you. Up, yeah, we ended up dating my senior year, both of our senior year, and uh, the only reason we broke up, she moved up. Wilmington North Carolina actually because she was a reporter she had to go to a smaller market sure and uh, I was of course bummed at the time like I I always knew this girl was the one and but at the same time I knew long distance was just not gonna work and it would probably end horribly sure so we had you know as they say if you love something let it go kind of thing that cheesy uh, sure, cliche but it actually worked you know who knew Uh, so I kind of had a feeling like let's let's part ways and and it'll come back around and uh, so we broke up for about four or five years Oof. yeah it was rough and I, I stayed in Miami I was single the whole time though never had another girlfriend I just knew again she was the one so believe me I had a lot of fun but at the same time I always kind of had her in, in the back of my mind and uh, about five or six years later a mutual friend of ours was getting married down in Miami and um, my my wife had a boyfriend for a few years but I, I know they had recently broken up and uh, believe me I started scheming the second I knew it. we <laughs> both were going to be at the same wedding and uh ironically actually her her mom uh said to her have you thought about uh reaching out to mike while you're there like have you thought about maybe maybe he's the one kind of thing and so she planted the seed as well so i had a i definitely had a, got to give a hat tip to my mother-in-law for for planting the seed as well so she definitely was gave me a good assist and then so we saw each other at the wedding hit it off again uh and literally that weekend I knew, I told her, I'm like, if I got to move to Charlotte, like, so be it. Oh, uh, that's good stuff, man. And, and yeah, a few months later, told my, my office, my company. I had a great job, great life in Miami, believe me. I had a lot of fun, a little too much fun, <laughs> but uh, my career was on the up and up, And I, but I knew my career will be fine wherever I go, yeah. but my future wife is like so something yeah. you can't compromise. Yeah, you, you get know? that
0: one time. Yeah. So, yeah. so
1: uh, yeah, I made that decision that weekend. Like, I knew I'm going to have to move, and and if that's what it takes, so be it. Yeah, that's a good story. I like that. Worked out. <laughs> um, so one of the things I, I
0: like to talk to people about when they're out there on their own doing these things, you know, kind of that entrepreneurial mindset, is that mm-hmm. something that you always knew you wanted? Was there any moment you can
1: point to where you kind of first felt that itch? Absolutely. So I remember in fifth grade, I wrote a paper uh what you know? What do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing and I, and I just wrote I want to be a businessman I couldn't even spell the word business I think at the time that was like I think I remember the first red ink on the paper on the title of my paper but uh, I knew always <laughs> that I was going to be red a red pen exactly I knew I was going to be a businessman I didn't know what that meant I just always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur and, and I mean I, I had all sorts of hustles growing up I had a, something called my first invention was the upside down juicer which was <laughs> terrible and did not work whatsoever and I don't think I sold a single one uh, but but I certainly made it and marketed it and uh, failed miserably and learned early that how old were we there I was probably about six or seven dude that's fantastic <laughs> and uh, then shortly thereafter though I got into collecting sports cards I collected Pogs I was in Magic the Gathering Pokemon I had Beanie Babies I was hustling from as long as I can remember I there was kids selling candy and all that at school I didn't quite go that 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 route. But I remember just buying and trading sports cards. Since I, I, I still have some to this day. Clearly, I wasn't that great of a businessman early on. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't get rid of all my inventory. But uh, (laughs) I know it. I'm still stuck with a few beanie babies too, unfortunately. Which (laughs) the market collapsed. Right. I hear. I heard it was coming back.
0: I don't know. I sure hope so. Uh, Yeah. I did
1: the sports card thing, Uh the candy thing. Oh yeah.
0: You know, teachers were always trying to shut us down. Exactly. So I (laughs) I sell
1: them in the bathroom. Oh man. I even and this one I will say, but I did do a. A couple illegal things where uh when I was a kid pre pre-18, um I meant I was broke. I was from the hood. I I, I was literally just I mean there was some day I remember being hungry and like struggling to buy you know a few packs of, of ramen noodles. And so uh I remember we would go steal kind of newspapers from like the, the grocery store before they started selling and you know, before they opened and were selling them for 25 cents a pop. I I, unfortunately, I hate to admit this, but I, like I said, I think the statute of limitations has has expired at this point. I do remember stealing a couple bicycles and selling them, which again I'm, I'm ashamed to admit. But like I said, I think uh, I think the world will forgive me for coming clean 20 years, 30 years later. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I but I, I again, I only did that a couple of times and I realized this is just not the, like go, go the right way, do it the right way. Right. So I, I yeah, that's so, you I, know, I learned I mean, my lesson.
0: You certainly find that we all find out in our own time uh, that living a certain life isn't going to get us where we want to go.
1: Exactly. And then you had get something stealing, stolen from you and you realize what that feels like and you realize, yeah, that's yeah, the like, last thing I want to do is put that on someone else and do that to someone else ever right. again. So like I work for three weeks to buy this right now it's gone now it's gone like that and yeah so i'm like man i'm making other people feel that way so again yeah so so my my short venture into crime didn't last very long <laughs> <laughs> the enterprise was short-lived eh? exactly i went back to to live in the straight life and you know earning it the right way yeah
0: yeah um so that was your early you know kind of your early ventures mm-hmm. in uh then you know you go to the university of miami mm-hmm. you come out of there i know a few years later you start you know you start kind of really dabbling into your first big businesses um tell me what your thought process is, like what what leads you there?
1: Absolutely. So uh, when I went to Miami, I, I started majoring in marketing. I always knew like that and never really changed from that. Uh, I did get a, a double major in finance a little bit later on. Uh, I, I had thought for a little bit that's where I wanted to go and do a little bit of a pivot. I had a minor in advertising too, but I but I knew marketing was kind of what I was into from the business side. I liked people, I liked uh, communicating, I liked building relationships. And uh, just accounting wasn't really for me. The numbers thing is, and, and even finance in that regard. But I didn't quite know it at the time. But and then I graduated in, in two thousand eight, so finance was just not an option. I mean, <laughs> it was not an option. They were doing um, a lot of hiring. Exactly. Luckily, I had got an internship my my senior year, and uh, I was doing marketing for an accounting firm though. And this was kind of a funny experience. So uh, I remember applying for this this internship and. A couple of weeks later, before I was about to go on my interview, I did some research on the company. And I was like, remember being horrified. Like, wait, I applied for an accounting firm? Like, what What did I do? Like, I thought this was marketing. Because so, they didn't have it published on the website, this marketing gig at the Affirm. So I almost blew it off. And uh, it was literally like the day before spring break started where I was – I had a, I think I had a final or a midterm that day. And, uh, and then I was going to Vegas. Yeah, for, all you care
0: about is heading out. Yeah,
1: I was going to Vegas right after. But I'm like, you know what? Suck it up. I pulled an all-nighter to study for my test. I made it at 8.30 a.m. to this interview, uh, a little disheveled, <laughs> and uh, did, pulled it off, did great. Um, and then, again, as I, when I got there, I realized, oh, I, this is marketing. Thank goodness. Uh, and I was so glad I went because, again, right. I, and, and uh, that ended up leading to I got the internship, and I worked there for six months as I finished up uh, the last semester of school. And, and then they ended up hiring me full time. I was there for seven years. So that that one almost monumental mistake that I would have never even known was a mistake worked out. And, and I worked there for seven years. So I worked for an accounting firm in Miami called Kaufman rawson Amazing experience. I mean, I, I started as an intern. But again, like I said, they hired me full time even after the recession hit i part, partly i was it was i was just so cheap in terms of my salary sure. compared to the other people there and I was just such a nice you know I was a very social like i you know i I definitely think having manners served me very well and a good attitude and I was you know very much a go getter I said yes to whatever people asked me to do right. whether it was my scope of my job or not I said yes to everything right everything and um that served me so well i mean again i that that's what led to me getting a job um from there, man. Well,
0: and I, I want to take a moment there not to interrupt you, but I, I, I really want to focus on what you said that moment that you might, that, that you, you know, you studied all night and you went and it would have been a mistake not to, but you wouldn't even have known that. Correct. And that's one of the things that I, I talk about a lot and I, I like to emphasize is you don't know where the next decision you make is going to take you. Absolutely. You have no idea, and if you don't make it, if you de- if you decide not to decide, not mm-hmm. to do the thing, you're never going to know whether it did or not. Um, you know, you're not going to see a change in your life because it's it's something that you just didn't do. Right. Um, so I say that a lot. I mean, the biggest thing in in the game of entrepreneurship or in the game of business or or anything that you want is showing up. Just mm-hmm. show up oh, yeah. and and see what happens. Um, so I like that. You didn't even know if it was a job you wanted, but you said, "Hey, we'll see." And Absolutely. you said, "I'm gonna stay." Up. It's it's worth it's worth one night. I'll stay up all night. I'll study and look at that. Mm-hmm. It changed the trajectory of your life. Oh yeah, I.
1: I... That would have been the easy choice to say screw it.
0: Yeah. I've said that a lot of times. I don't know what, who who knows the opportunities
1: I missed. Yeah. I'm going to Vegas. Like, again, I I had this final or midterm right right before. That would have been the easy choice. But I do, it's always stuck with me. The showing up thing, I I can't remember where, but someone, a lot of people have said 80 or 90% of success is showing up. And I've really held that to, to be true. And I've found. Every time I've thought about not going to an event, to a networking thing, to a uh, seminar, what have you, the the times that I've most thought about skipping ended up leading to the most incredible opportunities. Whether it was a new client, whether it was a deal, whether it was uh, meeting someone that turned out to be a great referral source later down the road. Or just, I mean, every time that I thought about skipping something... Those have been the most rewarding experiences when I when I sucked it up and, and showed up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've gotten jobs that way. I've gotten some of the best opportunities that I'm actually taking uh, advantage of right this second mm-hmm. that I'm working on are because I showed up somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I like to I always like to make kind of a mind map of all of the things that happened from that moment I showed up, and and then I like to look at it and and kind of understand that none of that would have happened had I not started at that one place at that one time. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, like we're sitting here because we were both at the same networking event right. like last year.
1: Exactly. And I, and I just yeah. kind of followed up. And, right. And, and again, it's a Friday afternoon. We're both new parents. Like we could easily be, <laughs> you know, mailing it in right now. But, yeah. but we're here and yeah. we're showing up. And so,
0: yeah. And you're right. I mean, it really is about showing up. Just show up. And you got to do the work the other 10%. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, That's true. There's know, no substitute for that. Yeah.
0: But at the same time, it's right. I mean, that, the opportunities come from showing up.
1: For sure. So,
0: um, I know I interrupted you there, but we'll, you know, we'll keep moving. Another thing I always like to address, because I think this is a, I know it's a stumbling block. I mentor a lot of younger people and they have this mindset that entrepreneurs are different. They're special. Mm -hmm. They've always been special. They're, they're a certain kind of person that was born that way. Um... What are your thoughts on that? What do you tell someone like
1: that? I, I love this, this thought process because there's a line from, from Tony Robbins, the, who we were talking about in our, when we were getting warmed yeah. up here and getting to know each other a little bit better. But he's like, I invented this motherfucker. like He screams it. I invented this guy. And I definitely did a lot of that because I was kind of more of a shy kid growing up. Uh, it took me a while to come out of my shell. Uh, I remember even when I was, when I first started my job, in my career, um, and I was starting to go to networking events and things like that. I used to have to have one or two drinks to kind of get warmed up oh, to be yeah. social. Oh yeah. Now, of course, I can talk to anybody, and you know, don't certainly don't need the liquid courage like I used to.
0: But it's a skill I
1: practiced. Yeah, I went to events as awkward as I felt. I was a 22 year old kid going to networking events with 50 yeah. year old CEOs of companies. Like, I mean, I was so out of my element, but I kept showing up. I practiced. I, you know, eventually, again, I started volunteering for things. I started saying, "What can I help you with?" Yeah. And again, I taught myself a lot of this. I invented this, this person I am. I one, I, I didn't have a, gr- a dad growing up, so I didn't have a very, you know, uh, I didn't have someone to look up to in the in the in the house. For example, I did uh, where I where I did have something called a house father, which I I can get into in another at another time. Who so I did have some male role models, but I learned a lot of who I became from TV, movies, books where I invented this person in a lot of ways. Right. Of like what what it means to be a man, what it means to be a good businessman, what it means to be a good person. Uh, being a father so far, I've had to wing in a lot from, you know, again, just observing other people. But right. But I – so being an entrepreneur, I think part of it, I told myself I wanted to do this, and then I kind of reverse engineered it. Okay, I need to be social. I need to go out and, and I need to sell, which I remember – that's another thing. And, and when I went to Miami, I used to think, I'm never going to have to sell in my life. And and there was a class that everyone loved. It was it was like an introduction to selling class. Like, let me just take it because everyone loves it. They, they love the teachers. Professor Scharf was his name. and uh, But I, I remember thinking, I'm never going to have to sell, but whatever, I'll take it. Little did I know, all of life is selling. Every 100% of people are selling something all day, every day. Right. They may not realize it. Whether it's just yourself. Absolutely. So I realized... You, yes, you, and most of the time you're selling yourself. But I had to teach myself that, so I started reading books, watching movies, again listening to podcasts, like we've been talking about. And I, so my point is, I was not necessarily naturally an entrepreneur, but I, I knew I wanted to become one, and so I practiced. And and you you really have to. The other thing, being an entrepreneur, you have to be accountable. And so even just if it's to yourself, like having a boss, sometimes it's easier to you have that 10 things you need to do that day and you know once you get sure. them done you can kind of go home yeah i have an infinite list at all times always now it's focused and sure you know and curated a bit since you know from experience but when you're starting out i mean it's just like overwhelming at times but you you learn and when you're ambitious and and know what you and have passion about what you're trying to do so my point is, it was a long-winded response, but I invented this guy I am today.
0: No, like, I, like I, I love says. that, though. I mean, that's really—you're hitting on one of the major points of why I started this podcast is, you know, I called it the Future Self Podcast for a very specific— Which I love, yeah. Yeah, for a very specific reason. I spent a lot of time thinking about what it was I was trying to do. And, and the biggest thing that I try to get across to people is do the things today. -hmm. that are going to provide you benefit tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not about what happened yesterday. It's not about the mistakes that you made. Those are those have been written. They Mm -hmm. are in stone. There is nothing you can do to change them. The only thing you can do is make a decision today that gets you a little bit farther away from that mistake and a little bit closer to your goals. And every single day if you continue to make those decisions with the hands you're dealt. You know, you you don't have four aces, that's too bad. You Mm -hmm. have two threes. You gotta play the two threes the best way you can play them. And You know, if you just sit around and bitch about having two threes, well, the guy who's got a better hand is going to beat you, and he's not going to give a shit that you had two threes, and he's not going to want to listen to your story about how you only had two threes. He'll clean
1: you out without thinking twice about it. Yeah,
0: and the world is the person... Who has those aces? Absolutely. And and you've got to play the hand you're dealt. You can't complain about it. And and so that really resonates with me. You said I didn't have these skills. I I was shy. I mm-hmm. wasn't a good networker. And and it sounds like you really sat down. You identify what your weaknesses were, and you decided you were going to be the kind of person who didn't have these weaknesses anymore.
1: Absolutely. That's heavy I'm,
0: shit, and I like it.
1: Yeah, I think I th- mean I can remember when I just realized you got to be uncomfortable. You got to be flamboyant, a little bit out there. And so when I went to college, I I had kind of made a decision. I'm gonna be the craziest freaking person there is. I'm gonna party harder than everyone. I'm gonna say things that like you know I normally would kind of hold back. Like I said, I invented. I started practicing being this guy probably in high school, where I really started be, practicing being uncomfortable. And then um, and again, I, I obviously my delivery was very misguided at times. Sure, and I certainly made a lot of mistakes along the way. And then only recently I started to realize you got to reverse engineer who you want to be. Like, you know, again, I, I I started visualizing, okay, I want to be in good shape. I want to be rich. I want to be a great husband, a great father. Uh, you know, I want to be fluent in Spanish. You know, you know, I want to be well-read, uh, all these things. And then I kind of realized, man, I'm not doing the day-to-day thing. Like, I'm, it's just not just going to magically happen. Right. I mean, I can <laughs> write these goals down, but if I'm yeah. not
0: doing the things today – uh, and that's absolutely. I mean, it sounds like we had the same process because yeah. I did the same thing. Well, and I'm trying to learn Spanish to be fluent as
1: well. Okay, Duolingo. Uh, I love that. That, that application It's great.
0: I actually just started taking uh, taking lessons privately online nice. now. So I love it. It's so, pretty great.
1: So yes. I but again, I I kept thinking it's just going to work out, and then I realized, you know, and again, I was trying to take shortcuts for a very long time. Yeah. And you just can't do that. I realized you got to lift weights every day. You got to you know practice do your Spanish lesson. You got to uh, work a little bit harder. Yeah you know, and and all these things.
0: And I, I just uh, I put out a blog a few weeks ago um and, and I discussed that one of the the big topics in that blog was not taking the shortcuts like right. you know you have to take every rung on the ladder. You know if you're in a race you can't cut across the middle of the field. You know mm-hmm. you got you got to run the first
1: lap, the second Absolutely. lap, the third lap. And that's a hard thing to learn. It's a hard I tried every shortcut I could take. Believe me, I tried it. It does not work.
0: Yeah, well, you get sold this <laughs> bill of goods that you know, get, you know, slim down fast. You don't yes. have to go to the gym every day. You can take this pill, right? And you know, get rich fast, and and all those. And it sounds it's enticing because Absolutely. it's like I'll put in this little bit of work and I'll get this great result. And as you get a little older and you have more experience, you realize, A, the big result really isn't what you're looking for. You're mm-hmm. looking for, uh, you know, the the process that will help you replicate that over and over and over again and become the kind of person who does
1: the things every day that can do that. Absolutely. I've been chasing passive income my whole life. I don't know if it exists. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I've I been mean, chasing this passive sleep, yeah. make money while you sleep thing. And uh, Gary V says, uh, ex- fuck, no, it doesn't. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> passive about it.
0: We're going to take a quick moment here to give a shout-out to our affiliate partners on the show. Listeners, there are infinite paths to success, but they all start with knowledge. And I'm not just talking about school. The internet has brought us a multitude of free and inexpensive resources right to your fingertips. And one of my favorite resources is udemy.com. You can learn virtually anything you want, when you want. And the best part is, Udemy lets you learn it right from the pros themselves. Udemy really has turned the doers into teachers and turned your laptops and mobile devices into classrooms. Now check on the blog for a link to get access to any of Udemy's courses in their catalog for just $15. That's udemy.com. Now, listeners, I have been a book lover my entire life. I love the way they feel in my hand. I love the smell of the pages, so I will never stop buying books. But over the last few years, I have become a big fan of digital books, and my favorite app for eBooks is Kindle Unlimited. Kindle Unlimited brings the world's largest bookshelf right to your fingertips. Forget to grab a book you wanted for a vacation? Not a problem. Want to just read a quick passage in a book that you don't want to buy the whole book? You can do that, too. Kindle Unlimited brings the written world to your fingertips for less than the cost of a paperback per month as always you can find links to anything mentioned in the show on the blog and in the show notes and any purchases that you make through our affiliate links are going to kick a portion back to the show to help us keep the lights on around here all right and we are back with mike simmons All right, Mike, Um, one of the things that I I think about a lot and I like to hear about because I think it gives the listeners some understanding of the hard road that can be in front of you, Uh, did you face any unique challenges while bringing, you know, your vision or your visions to life? Um, You know, like were you working a full-time job while you're trying to hit a passion project? What was your life like? Tell us about that.
1: All right, well, yes, believe me, I've I've screwed up plenty of times and like on this journey. Um, so I guess I'll I'll jump into the kind of where I was in Miami before I moved here to Charlotte, before I started my own business and things like that. And I was definitely in a crazy place. Now, I was very successful, making great money. I was single in Miami. I was on the board of directors for the Greater Miami Chamber of Commerce. My career was great. Like everything was looking up. But at the same time, I, there was this hole inside. And I mean, I was just trying to fill it with – and, and I, things kind of spiraled out of control a little bit. I mean, I was, you know, again, part of my job was networking. So, like, I was drinking a lot, partying a lot. I won't dive into the details, but let's <laughs> just say I enjoyed all that Miami had to offer and then some uh, in my 20s, and I was definitely in a bad place. And uh, and and a couple of things kind of shook me up and, like, brought me out of that. Obviously, my, you know, when I kind of reconnected with who's now my wife, but I also got into a car accident and, like, probably should be dead. I mean, I, I, I remember tolling my cars, like, 2 a.m., uh, and, and that kind of scared me straight a little bit. I mean, I, you know, again, so it was just I, I realized I got to kind of clean it up and, and really get control of my life a little bit. And I hadn't really noticed, you know, obviously when you're in it, it's a little bit harder to see. Sure. And uh, and that, that kind of also was, I think, the, the catalyst where other people, even my coworkers and things were like, dude, you got to, you know, we can kind of see you've been going down this road and, and you got to clean it up. This was right around the time, again, my wife, we kind of uh, reconnected. So that certainly helped. Obviously, the process of, of cleaning up everything and just kind of getting out of that party lifestyle. And uh, that was certainly, a, a, again, a bit of a challenge. There was plenty of setbacks and all. But um, it definitely inspired me to really get it together, like I said, and become the person I wanted to become. Because I thought I was on that path. Sure. Like I said, things were going really well. Um you know, and that's kind of, I think, sometimes the scary part when you're in your 20s. Like, when you see athletes, you know, who are making all this money, and like, why did they do that dumb thing? You know, why did they do that? Or why are they partying like that? Or, you know, this and that. I kind of was, the same thing happened. Like, it's easy to judge that in hindsight and look back. Sure. But uh, again, so then, so that kind of scared me straight. And I knew I was always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And, and again, the, the, so all these things happened right at once. And it was just perfect timing. And and I'm a man of faith. So I think it was just God like, all right, you've had your fun. It's time to clean your shit up and get it together. And if you really want to achieve these dreams, you want to achieve, you know, these things you've been envisioning for yourself, you got to do it the right way and you, you can't do it the way you've been doing it. So, um, and then I had a few months between moving from Miami to Charlotte where I knew I was going to, again, start my own business. I knew I was going to, uh, move to Charlotte. I, I gave my, my company a few months, heads up, like, you know, I'm, I'm taking off soon, um, and luckily, they, fortunately, they let me kind of have that three-month runway that I needed because they could have easily been like, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Like, you know, you got two weeks. Uh, so that allowed me to kind of really prepare myself. And that's when, like I said, I started putting into a practice the, the, all right, start, you know, getting back into the gym, you know, stop drinking as much. You know, of course, still had to go to networking events and things like that, but just being more mindful you know, taking it from five to two, and and things like that, <laughs> right, right. You know, taking a cab and not you know, trying to drive, and things like that. You know, thinking, oh, I'm okay. Uh, so again, I had to learn the hard way, and and uh, fortunately, things didn't get way worse than they did. I mean, because you know, again, things could have easily took a, a turn for the worse, but um, it allowed me to clean again just to prepare myself. And and I had a few months before I moved here, and I realized if I'm going to move here and and be with the, you know, be with a again, be in a relationship, and things like that. You can't be selfish. You got to think of other people, and luckily, I had that time to kind of get prepared in advance of moving here. Yeah, because that really allowed me to. When I did move here, I was a lot better of a person, a lot ready for that. So that those few months, which was tough because it was in trans- transition, and you know, I was doing long distance at the time and things like that. Um, that really I res- needed
0: that. though. That really resonates, uh, and I've talked to a lot of people that have had that similar experience, like. They they kind of got things together. They were really focusing on getting things together, and in hindsight, they know that, that things would not have worked out. Yeah, you know, and and a lot of times, mine's I have a similar story with a significant other. If I'd have met my wife even four months earlier, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked out. Absolutely, um, because I was so focused on on the goals of being the person I was trying to become mm-hmm. at that I got to a place in my life where I was ready to meet her. Mm-hmm. You know, if she'd have met the guy I was four or five months earlier. I I I think we'd have been ships passing in the night. Absolutely. You know, it just it, we weren't I wasn't quite in that right place. So that really resonates with me that you were really getting things to where they needed to be and understanding that had you not, you probably wouldn't be here. Oh man, if I
1: if I was still single in Miami, I'd probably be dead. Right <laughs> I hate to say it, but it, it's it's like I said the timing of it was just so perfect. Like you said, I mean, that's exactly it. if it, if it was a month or two earlier even there's no way I would have had a shot of reconnecting with her. Right. And uh, the timing just worked out. And again, it also, if I didn't get in that a car accident, I probably wouldn't have been in the place where I would have even been open to moving to Charlotte. But I kind of knew, you got to change something or you're fucked. Like, And and moving here saved my life in a lot of ways. Because believe me, you can still get into trouble in Charlotte. I've certainly gotten into trouble since I've lived here as well. There's it's not plenty, Miami, though. It's not Miami, though. Exactly. And uh while I love Miami, I still go back quite a bit. At least you know uh, three or four times a year, I still have a lot of clients there. I go back in a different as a different person, which <laughs> is great. And and the living there, like I said, was it was wonderful at the time. But uh, just everything worked out. Like living here now and and having a family now here, I just think it's it, it was just meant to be. And and man, I'm, I look back and I'm just so grateful. Like how I don't know how I got here. I mean, I do. But again, I'm just the, the timing of everything was just so beyond perfect. And the fact that I didn't have to. You know, suffer too too much of a setback other than a totaled car. Man, I'm grateful.
0: Right on, man. It's a compelling story. Uh, one of the things I, I I look at your profile and I talk to you and I hear all the things that you're up to. Uh, you know, you have your fingers in a lot of
1: different pies. How do you make time for all that? Well, I've certainly been getting better at delegating. <laughs> that was something I was not very good at in my, my job, even. That's something I've, I've struggled with. Uh, we talked a little bit about that before. We like to kind of have a little bit of control and final say, especially when it's our brand, our our just who we are is on the line in a lot of ways. So I've been I've been better getting better at delegating. Uh, Two, just you know, at least in the beginning, it was just sheer sheer like just blunt force, you know, just just sheer force of will of putting the hours in the day and I certainly do spend it just a ton of time and hours still, but, uh, working smarter, not harder. That cliche is very true. It is getting just more efficient, you know, and, um, those are all things that, again, I try to balance and, and, uh, get better at one thing I'm focused on now. Cause when I first started my company for the first two years, even I did everything myself. I did all the web development myself. I did all the social media content creation. I did, uh, the CRM programs, all the implementation myself. Um, and part of it was to learn it and to know, because you can't really delegate unless you know what you're, what you want someone to do and what sure. a, what a good job looks like.
0: It's hard to explain that to them,
1: right? So, so I learned a lot doing all everything myself, but now I've certain started to let go of the reins a little bit. I use a lot of uh, my my team's certainly grown and and it's going to continue to grow like, uh, I, hopefully quite a bit in the in the in the near future, and it's a challenge though. Every day is a challenge. I mean, I'll be honest, it is hard. You think that. You know, you start a business and like you get successful and like everything's just nice and easy and like just, you know, the world is your oyster and like everything comes. I made it. Yeah. Little do you know, when you get successful, life gets 10 times freaking harder. Like it's in the pressure, the, the, uh, all of it just adds up. And like, you know, again, you, you just have more to lose. I mean, now I have a kid I got to feed, you know, and before it was my girlfriend and like, you know, we got by it just great.
0: Right. Like if you lost your job, you'd figure it out.
1: You'd figure it out. You're exactly. resourceful. Yeah. But now. Again, the pressure ramps up. I got a mortgage, you know, like things like that. And so uh, the 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 at the same time, I'm glad I started my business because it allowed me to be more risk averse or, you know, excuse me, take on more risk at the time. If I was in the situation I am now, I might not be as uh, risk tolerant as I was back then. But luckily now I've been doing this a few years that like, you know, I've kind of been able to make it work. Um, so I understand where people come from, where they have families and they're a little bit reluctant to start a business. And it doesn't always work out, and that, that's a sad truth, too. But I just also believe, like, you figure it out. I mean, you make it work, yeah, and you, you do just, what you got to do. Right. You take the setback, and you keep moving. Um, I mean, the setback
0: sucks in the moment. It's right. really easy to romanticize it in hindsight. Well, yes. I had this failure, but it it led to this. Right. Well, when the failure's happening, the lead to hasn't happened exactly. yet. Exactly. You know, so you know, all the cards have fallen apart, and 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 you feel like you're screwed. Yes. Um. So yeah, tell, the, telling the story later is amazing because it's like
1: and redemption. Oh yes, <laughs> but I I I'd like to say I've been walking on a tightrope for years and i still feel that way again i've got a lot more traction a lot more business i think it keeps you sharp though but you know yeah. knowing knowing that you're there oh yeah and because that never goes away you can lose your best client tomorrow like there's no sure things in this world and i another thing you know just kind of another post i realized the other day in in one day i kind of landed a big client and i lost another big one that i thought was a sure thing and then, you know, you're still following up with so many things that are pending that you thought would have closed three months ago that, you know, take a year to kind of close it. Man, it's just an up, up and down. I mean, you get wins, you get losses every single day. And I think most people don't realize that. Like, you you get punched in the mouth, but at the same time, you have great victories. And, like, man, it is it's just quite an interesting dance. And, like, you get better along the way, sure, but... You know, sometimes you don't even know what you don't know, and you know it's it's a complicated that's, thing to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's to be what honest. keeps
0: it interesting for me, though. Is yeah. that is that constant feeling of uncertainty? Yes, um, because it keeps me having to just keep going and, and learning and finding more. And unlike other jobs that I've had, I never get comfortable. Right, I never know exactly what my job is when I sit down in the chair in the morning. Um, whereas a lot of other jobs, like once you've been there a few months, maybe it might even take a couple of years. But you get to a point where you can almost hit autopilot. Like you Absolutely. know what happens. You get the same phone call. You give the same speech. Um, and, and yeah, doing uh, kind of going out there and doing something that maybe somebody hasn't done before is
1: uh, it's humbling. Absolutely. And there's no autopilot. Being an entrepreneur, your business is different every single day of the week. Like <laughs> yeah. every day, every from hour to hour, even. My business changes. I have new clients. Some, some, you know, the project kind of ends and just kind of yeah. disappears. Or and then you get good clients, and then the market changes. Exa- exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's one thing. There's no autopilot, and at the same time, I, I, I embrace that now. I enjoy that now. You know, and again, that's something that a lot of people fear, and and I understand where that comes from. But man, it's it's like it's something new. Like every day I wake up, the opportunities are are infinite. I mean, I could meet again just a client that I closed that day out of the blue from thin air. I mean, I have an opportunity right now with, with our VR company that literally it's a $750,000 year one opportunity that came from Twitter. I can't just one thing. I don't even remember exactly what thing I retweeted, but this opportunity came from Twitter and this could be a game changing, life changing opportunity that just, you know, I, I was probably even at like midnight, you know, retweeting just like, kind of sitting in bed or I, who knows in the bathroom even yeah, like,
0: it's you, you sow the seeds over the course of time and yes. sometimes some of them actually do you know
1: sprout exactly exactly and then the thing that you think is going to be the thing that changes your mind i spent a week working on one thing that i thought again was going to be the the it thing that like just ch- changed my business and got me a ton of clients and i don't think i got any traction from it whatsoever so uh, and then again the the, the 3 second retweet you know oh, yeah. leads to a million dollar opportunity so it's just but that excitement that unknown i love that now right. i thrive on
0: that oh now. yeah i like it too it keeps you at it absolutely keeps you sharp um so you know you kind of told us about you know how you're delegating and things like that it, how are you scheduling yourself like to you use a calendar okay. like how are you making sure that your day to day things are getting done cuz i think that's one of the i know it's one of the things i struggled with and continue to struggle with uh but i think it's a hard thing for people to really figure out how to fit all of those things
1: into one day every day oh it's it's a ch- i still struggle with it too because part of the the guy that i invented at first was very spontaneous you know, I flew by the seat of my pants. Like I, I was open to opportunity. I was calling audibles all the time. I was kind of winging it. Right. That's who I thought was like, like the cool guy I wanted to be.
0: Yeah, I tried to do that too, kind of like Jim,
1: kind of like Jim Carrey from that yeah. movie Yes Man. Where yes.
0: Like, I would say yes. Let's do that it. That movie let's had such
1: it. an impact on me. You're absolutely right. I saw that movie. That changed. That changed me in a lot of ways. And I think it was good in the moment right cuz
0: it, it, it opened me up to opportunities I otherwise not would have yeah got you here right? exactly it got me here
1: and but that, that doesn't work in terms of leveling up and getting to that and scaling and getting to that next level so now and again it's a work in progress but i do live and die by the calendar now i mean part of as being in a marketing agency a lot of what i do is billable hour based some is flat project rates but a lot of it's you know based on an hourly estimate so i literally have my you know my, my iphone i have my timer you know, I set it for an hour, set it for half an hour, fifteen minutes even, and I try to really block out my day. And you have to leave a little bit of room for free play, free thinking, you know, for what have you. But but right. but I try to really plan out at least my day. ideally a week even in advance, where at Sunday nights I kinda of have a calendar appointment for at eight PM uh to to plan my week. You know, it's like purge kind of the week before, do like a little bit of a debrief, look ahead to the next week. Where do I have gaps? Where do I have openings? Excuse me, And, uh, you know, again, try and fill those out uh, and, and then plan in advance. And then I've also started to learn to use my gym time as a little bit more of like meditation and kind of like, you know, to, to, to think. And sometimes, again, like I, we talked about before, while I'm sometimes listening to podcasts and all, some days I do kind of use that as or, or my drive to kind of time to just kind of think and decompress and, and all that. But I try to really be intentional about every minute of the day. Every now and then, you need to say, "Okay, I'm just burnt out. Like, I got to kind of carve out a couple hours to just, you know, watch Game of Thrones or what have you." Right. Um,
0: Which was phenomenal this week. Uh, exactly. Not- <laughs> no spoilers, but whoo.
1: no spoilers. Yeah, but, it, but they, they, it's been a good season. But you know what I'm saying? So so you do need to, again, but but at the same time, when you do that, when you do carve out that two hours for mental, uh, you know, just again a mental break you do have to shift tomorrow a little bit and kind of make up for that. Sure, every day. Every day's a work in yeah, progress. So.
0: Have you read the book Essentialism?
1: Uh, I haven't. No. Oh,
0: it's fantastic. I mean, basically, it sounds like you already know some of the main themes okay. in it, but it, it's the, the book is essentially, I think the subtitle is like The Disciplined Practice of Less. Right. Uh, and it, it's about cutting out the things that don't matter mm-hmm. and focusing on the the few things that do that are going to actually get you closer to your goals. Mm-hmm. But it, it spends a good deal of time talking about uh, play, Right, you know, like you said, kind of free thinking, free play, like, and 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 it really digs into the studies that have shown if you really give your mind some time mm-hmm. to to not focus on you know a specific task, just to wander, that's where things
1: happen. Oh yeah, I do a ton of walking, even like I, and again, being a parent makes you forces you to be intentional as well. And so like I, you know, I I, I usually have the morning shift. My wife gets up; at, we both wake up at five every day, at least the past few weeks. I've been really intentional about this, and she that's when she works out though. So. I generally will, you know, have some time. And so I try and take my son for a walk outside. And, you know, and while he's in the stroller looking around, again, getting some fresh air, that's often the problems that I was freaking out about the night before. They tend to manifest the solutions kind of during that time where you're just, I'm just enjoying being outside with my son. And it's like, aha, those moments, you know, certainly come about. But uh, in terms of like tools, which I think, like you said, because. This podcast is about actionable items and things. And also, I will selfishly have a little bit of a plug here. Sure. Using a CRM program, you know, definitely helps oh, absolutely. a ton.
0: I don't know how people... Oh, my goodness. Like, in, in the, the world as it is now, I don't know how anybody gets anything done without a CRM program.
1: Absolutely. So, the calendar, the time, again, the timer, where I, I will set an hour, you know, put, put the headphones in, listen to some classical, and just zone out on a project for an hour. That alarm goes off. Again, sometimes I'll kick it, you know, another fifteen minutes spent to, if I'm in the zone, or kick it another half an hour, um, and at the same time, another thing that I've been doing lately is when I do discovery calls with with new prospects and clients and things like that, or people I want to do some, you know, I've been recording it and 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 listening, playing it back later because that that's I found even on a, a, an opportunity recently. A couple actually including the one uh the the, the million dollar one that i mentioned we've just been good about making sure to capture exactly what this prospect wants what their problems are and that and make sure that we solve them and and my proposals lately after doing this practice again listening back it's just it's been tremendous because you you lose a lot when you're trying to even take freehand notes and things like that and so a simple act of hitting voice record and i let them know before you know and of course i let them know it's a Between me and them. It's not anything that's going to get out to the, you know, become public. But man, it's tremendous in that to make sure that I get back and like I'm solving the problem that they articulated. So
0: that's a phenomenal idea. I really like that. And I haven't really thought, I haven't thought much about that myself, but I'll tell you, it makes a lot of sense to me because when I go back and I edit these podcasts, Mm -hmm. I, inevitably I will find something that you said that I don't even remember hearing. Right. <laughs> and and I hear it and I'm like, damn, that was good. I'm like, I, I, I missed that completely. And and that makes a lot of sense in a business setting that, you know, you are trying to meet a customer demand and they, may have said something minor that you just glossed right over that could be a game changer Absolutely, i think it's a really good idea recording that meeting
1: oh yeah so sim- simple things like again you learned it along the way and and just taking good notes and and again the crm helps just from emails and the history and and i know what proposals i've sent and things like that and uh keeping track and and i mean even to, and it's also just great for motivation and and just when you decompress look back at what you've accomplished in the past week uh, I, I'm a generally a moving forward guy, but at the same time, I like to. You can only improve what you measure. So just seeing how many proposals I sent out, knowing because it's all sales and business is all numbers game. So you, you know you can see when you've slacked off a little bit based on how many emails, proposals, calls, and whatnot. So that's how you manage. You know, all right, I got to step it up this week and and you know kind of overcorrect. Um, at the same time, I look back with deals I've lost, which probably motivate me more than the ones I've won, and, and that's definitely a, a personal <laughs> oh, problem I have. But we <laughs> learn a lot more from our failures. I know people say business is, and personal are should be separate, but I, I, I honestly think, take it personal. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think <laughs> I, I I hear that. Um, but I, I don't really subscribe. I try, but. Um, I mean, I try when I'm at home and I'm in being, you know, kind of try to leave business at work. Yes. But at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of overlap because, well, hey, my business is who I am. Right. And I try to be That's, as authentic as I can. I try not to, I try to show up and be in my business the same person that you're going to find if you show up in my home and have a beer with me. Um, correct. So there's just a lot of overlap because I'm very intentional about inserting myself into the product. You're
1: right. And, so. and I don't believe in, well, I can't say I don't believe in the work-life balance thing, but I I just feel like I have one life, period. Right. And I am an entrepreneur. I am selling. Like I'm, you know, I may be at your baby shower, but if you tell me you're in the real estate industry, I'm talking about the real yeah, estate. Yeah, let's like, chat you know, about it. Let's chat about it. Well, like, how and, can I help you? you and,
0: and, and I agree to an extent. It's not really work-life balance because right. they're not two things. Right. It's one. Right. Life. It, it's all one thing, and and that's why we were talking about this. I think before we got on air. But I I was saying one of my goals, along with my business goals and my, you know, relationship goals with my wife, one of my goals is to develop a very deep relationship with my daughter mm-hmm. like not just i want to be her friend like right. you know in 40 years i want to have a really deep relationship so I- instead of being like well that's what i want to do i've written it down right and i've you know i've been reading books uh, uh, that'll help me get closer to that mm-hmm. it's it's one of my goals right it's one of my goals with developing this podcast right alongside of it so when something comes in between me and that goal i'm not very flexible right because my daughter isn't someone that will be there later. Oh, I got to do this thing and she'll be there later. If I have carved out time and I know it's easy to say, she's only five months old, but I want to commit to it now. Absolutely. And, and and that's kind of how I look at it. If I have a conflict I'm going to treat that personal goal the way the same way I'm going to treat a goal that I have with a client. Yes. Um I don't want to com- compromise their importance. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's how you make that, you know, if you will, work life balance work. Like I mean, like your personal life needs to be just as important to you.
1: Oh yeah, and I and I and I kind of schedule it. I mean, like I said, my you know, my wife and I have kind of got a good a good uh, rapport in that in that sense of I know that she needs to go to the gym at a certain time and like, you know, really That just keeps her mentally sane and happy. Right. And I know that I'm with my son for that time. And I, like you said, now occasionally if if a text comes in or an email comes in, I'll check it. But I try to put my phone down and be with him during that time. There are exceptions, but for the most part, I'm pretty good about it. Not to mention, he doesn't let you work anyway, so it's oh, not like I yeah. can do... I mean... I can't do much uh, when, when we're together anyway, so...
0: <laughs> My wife and I talk about this a lot. We had this, you know, kind of idea, and, and everyone does, uh, of how things were going to be. Yeah. And, you know, we... One of the thoughts was well maybe you know here and there when you're working from home you can kind of take care of her and work as well mm-hmm. and then we tried that on a couple of days and nothing gets done I thought I was I thought the same yeah, thing. yeah nothing
1: and and I know one one of the questions later is what uh, some of my favorite quotes and all and one is uh, I'll, I'll do it now if, nah, you can move it. it later if you let's want get it no, but no. it's it's Mike Tyson everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth yeah I thought. I had a plan of how this I'd be able to work and watch him, or he'd take these naps. And this, he naps (laughs) for about seven minutes sometimes. Right when I start to work, he wakes up and he's freaking out. Oh yeah! So yeah, I, I had this idea too. And boy, did I learn that's just not real. And he can't even crawl yet. Yeah. Once he's crawling, oh Man. my goodness, that's definitely not happening. It's
0: like a little terrorist moved into our house and took us hostage. <laughs> oh, yes. And, You're right. <laughs> well, And our our kitchen area is right above our bedroom where she sleeps. So mm-hmm. after we put her down, and we've got kind of an old house, so the floors are super creaky. So my wife and I are like creeping around upstairs, and we're like trying to like be up against the wall because the floor doesn't creak as much up against the wall (laughs) because we don't want to wake her up. It's uh, a little terrorist.
1: Exactly. I'm with you.
0: Um, that is a great quote from Mike Tyson, too. I like it because it's so true. Oh, Especially man. having been punched in the face myself, <laughs> uh, it, it also it works there as well. Yes, exactly. everything goes life. out
1: the window. <laughs> oh, for sure. You black out. You're just in fight or flight mode, for sure.
0: Well, man, I think that is a perfect uh, moment to transition uh, into the last segment of the show that we call the Future Self Skinny Minute. Oh, and. Uh, i said, I say this before on the podcast, but I intended for this to be a short segment, uh, but it has quickly kind of become a longer, but one of my favorite parts. Um, you ready to give it, it a shot? It. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What is the best piece of
1: advice that you've ever received? Oh man, I, I, I've got a ton, a ton of great advice. Um, be uncomfortable. Uh, my old, one of my old mentors, Ralph McNamara told me to, to lean forward and that, kind of is related to that to to being uncomfortable to like you know he's he encouraged me to just do things that like freaked me out a little bit and and to volunteer for things that which ended up leading to the as i mentioned before the whole board being on the board of directors for the miami chamber was just him challenging me to, to volunteer to be chair of the awards event that we had and it started from lean in you know or lean forward and and you can only grow and get better when you do that um and you know there's a lot of variations on that again that that um you know get out of your comfort zone again the showing up thing the you know the just the the whole but the whole idea of getting uncomfortable um like i said just i would never be good at networking now it's like what i'm known for yeah if i hadn't just really worked at it and tried and and put myself in these uncomfortable situations and uh so yeah lean, lean forward and then another one that he that he gave me was be somebody um Oh man, what's it? It's something Chesterfield, some some guy he used to work for, and he he has a pin to this day that he's had for like thirty years and it just says be somebody. I like and, it though. Uh, so those those kind of together I think were were just awesome advice. Those kind of like short
0: terse quotes, uh when you're younger and you hear them, it's kinda like Nikes just do it. Yeah. You hear it and and it's everywhere. It's just a ubiquitous statement. It kind of loses all of its meaning. Um but then when you actually sit down and think about it, uh it, it it's it's phenomenal advice because it, it holds so much in just a few short words. Oh, yeah. Um, because, I mean, I think about Nike's slogan all the time. You know, earlier you were talking about, uh, you know, whether, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. And that's kind of one of the things I've embraced.
1: Like, do it. Yeah, do Like, it. don't cut, cut the shit and do it. And once you think about it, it it's profound. But then when you do it and yeah. when you apply it, yeah. oh, my goodness, the just results you get are just – Get up and go. Absolutely. You know, I like that. Oh, another another good one. If you want, how, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, kind of thing, or like how do you climb Mount right. Everest one one step at a time? Man, I, I used to get overwhelmed by just the, the monumental. I, you know, idea of what a project would entail and things like that. But then once you realize, just, just get started. Right. Just start. Yeah. But,
0: and, and, and I'm really glad you brought that up because that is absolutely probably one of the top five things I've struggled with in my life is looking at, at a monumental project, like mm-hmm. writing a book right? Um, or starting a podcast. Yeah. And, and you look at it and you're like, shit, there are so many steps involved. How am I ever going to do this? But it really does come down to, you know, one bite at a time. Just yeah. do it. Just get started, do something, do anything. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think that is something that's a very valuable thing for the listeners mm-hmm. is, yeah, you face that same thing. It's overwhelming. It's oh, overwhelming yeah. to look at all of the things that are going to go into it. You don't even know what they are yet. Right.
1: And that, that makes you, leads to the fear, which then you talk yourself out of it. Right. Every absolutely. time. You get that negative self-talk. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. that start. As JLD would say, that was a value bomb. <laughs> um, that was very, very good. You can have one beer with any person living or dead. Who is it? Hot seat question. All right, Jesus. I know. I know that's the
1: cliche answer, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, they're good. Jesus is up there. Uh, Okay, who else? Um... Man, there's there's so many good ones. I'd love I'd, a, a random one, Brad Pitt would be cool. He does seem like <laughs> a really cool person
0: to have. A, and I say have a beer, not have a conversation, because I feel like that changes it. Absolutely, um, yeah. J- like
1: having a, a beer with Jesus, right? Might not be not nah, water into wine. <laughs> wine, man, yeah. Maybe a glass of wine with him, right? But but Brad Pitt, a beer with Brad Pitt would be pretty darn cool. Yeah, I think it would too. There's plenty, plenty of others. Troy I mean, Aikman, I mean... I'm not
0: even <laughs> sure if I could talk to Brad Pitt. He's too handsome. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like trying to talk to Ryan Reynolds. Right? It's like
1: I didn't even know you were real. You just start drooling,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. What is one book that everyone needs to read? Okay, this... There's, again, another answer that there's a billion that I could think of. But one that... I'll give you two, a little bonus. One that changed my life forever was Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And... uh he came and spoke to my company actually and and gave us his book and that's what really led me down the path of networking and building relationships and seeing people as you know again just the value that that just sitting and having a conversation could bring and then also that treating everyone from the janitor to the CEO the same way with just with you know with empathy with with uh respect and and Man, again, just it's made such a big difference in my life. And another one was Lynchpin for people that are employees for That's companies. A, yeah, yeah, I've Steph read that Gordon. one. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that like make yourself indispensable. Yes, and when I read that book, I made myself indispensable. And like I, I you know, it really I started volunteering for more things. I really invented my job at my old company, right? Be, from that mindset, because. Also, coming out of the recession, I was a cost center. Marketing in an accounting firm was very much a luxury, not a necessity. And so I realized if I was going to stick around, I need to find a way to impact revenue, to you know, to get ROI on my job. And that's right. through business development, through networking, bringing in potential clients. Um, the CRM program that I implemented for them and, and started to help, again, tangibly. Man, that just I just really dove into making myself indispensable. And that's still, to this day... With clients, I mean, it's add value is one of my kind of mantras that I that I live by and think about over and over and over again. And it started really from that, from that linchpin book. Yeah, so that's there's, great. There's two.
0: I really enjoyed that book too. Awesome. I like that story there. You know, creating things inside the company that when you know, if even if things start to go sour, you're the guy who does that. You're the guy yes. who created that. You're not going anywhere.
1: Exactly. And 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 that's I think another thing for your listeners. Like you said, where I, I think some of them are entrepreneurs. Some of them are maybe thinking about it. You can act like an entrepreneur in your company. And just because you work for someone else, I mean, there's the side hustle thing. But you can also – that's what I did at my company. I treated myself like I was an entrepreneur, like I was Mike Simmons, Inc., and really became kind of a a brand within the company. And it it just added so much value. I mean, just – it really went so far into just, again, creating that indispensability for sure.
0: That's perfect. What did 10-year-old Mike Simmons
1: think he would be doing right now? Oh man! As I told you before, I did write that I would be a businessman. Now I did not know what that really looked like. Right? I didn't know what it meant. I'm sure part of me thought I was going to be in the NFL or the NBA too. I definitely wanted to be an athlete growing up. <laughs> so let's look back
0: around. What would you
1: tell him right now if you could? Just, just, man. One, <laughs> it works out. Like it, it works out. Because I had a lot of anxiety of of being successful and all this. Because again, I, just of how where I came from and how I grew up and. I, you know, I, you know, that some days I had to worry about where my next meal was coming from. Just letting him know, like your dreams, and, and not only does it work out, my life at thirty one far exceeds what I thought would would be in store for me. So, man, just just hang in there, do what you got to do, uh, follow your instincts because they clearly were yeah they served you well.
0: Yeah, stay at it. That's I. Uh, I think it was episode eleven. Um, it wasn't too long after I found out I was going to be a father, and I wrote a letter. Um to myself five years ago, okay, um, and I had just found i found out I passed the bar five years earlier, and it uh I really kind of did that same that that same thing like stay at it, man, mm-hmm. stay at it because you have no idea, everything that you want and more is coming mm-hmm. you know like you know you it, it's because I was at a low point at that point, like right. I, I had you know broken up w- with uh, you know longtime girlfriend, and and it was just it was a weird moment in time. I'd gotten great news and also really bad news, mm-hmm. like kind of at the same time, and and it was just kind of that perfect moment. And I, I wrote that letter, and it, I ultimately decided to turn it into an episode because I thought it was worth it. doing. Um, but that was it. it. Was just stay at it, right? Stay at it. You're gonna have to do the and you know that was part of the letter too is. Yeah, it's coming, but mm-hmm. I can promise you if you don't actually do the work, right. if you don't stay at it, get up every day and go after it, it's not coming. Right. You know, like it's there. It's yours to go for, but you still have to get up and do all the things to make it happen as well. Oh,
1: yeah, even if you know all the steps, if you don't do it, it's right. not going to happen. Like believe me, I believe I know all the steps to become a billionaire, but like it's hard to <laughs> yeah. do them all. Right? I read Warren Buffett's bio. <laughs> exactly. I know what he did. Right, right, but then the practice is
0: much different. Right, absolutely. All right, last question. Let's say you have 30 seconds to tell someone the most important advice on finding success as an entrepreneur.
1: What do you tell them? Okay, I, well, again, add value. I mean, that's, I think, the two words that, like, everything as an entrepreneur stems from. Find ways to add value. Solve problems. I mean, that's what being any business on earth, it's all about solving problems. Whether you're selling, you know, air conditioning units, whether you're selling alcohol, whether you're selling guitars, you're selling... Solving a problem, uh, and and again, if you can add value to people's lives by solving a problem better, quicker, cheaper than other people, you're going to be a successful business person. Whether you're selling a product, service, experience, whatever it is, um, add value and and learn as much as possible and just do because you're going to fail. That's okay. You're going to fail a lot. You're going to be successful a lot. You're going to you know, and and just stick with it. But but I think add add value and solve problems. Those are the two. I mean, if I could just go down to four words for being a successful entrepreneur, those are them.
0: Nice. Future Self listeners, write that down. That is some of the most valuable information that you are going to get. Fantastic. Now, Mike, I know how busy you are. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here. Um, Before I let you go, though, where can the
1: listeners find you? All right. Well, uh, well. first of all, thank you so much again oh, for having me. Man. It this was is my a blast. pleasure. Uh, so you can find me. I have uh, my company website, Um uh, I have also a blog, which, again, if there's a listener out there that likes to write in, ab- about the journey, uh, which is my blog's focus, it's called The Whims Guide. It's W-I-M-S-G-U-I-D-E, com. And uh, I love to tell stories, and I'd, I'd love to want something from you as well, Robert. Uh, right on that it's all about the the journey not the destination so this is all you know cuz you can read podcasts all day, or in blogs all day long for people that have made it already but I, I like the journey i like the the dirt as gary v says and so i want to hear everyone's story if if you want to write for it please please send me uh, an email but uh my my social media. I'm on. I'm everywhere. I'm Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's my favorite, of course. I'm on Twitter. I'll uh, have various handles. I'll, I'll certainly give them to you yeah. for the show notes for sure. We will link those on but, the blog uh, and on the show notes. But yeah, any any. I mean, text, email, what whatever. Believe me, I'm I'm easy to find, and I want to hear from from all of you. If there's anything I can do to to help or anything like that, please feel free to reach out.
0: Right on, Mike. Thanks so much for being here. Alright listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it because that was phenomenal. There really were value bombs all through the episode. I'm going to ask you to do one thing real quick for me. If you enjoyed this episode, go on over to the iTunes store, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to this, and just rate and review the show. Let us know how we're doing, what you think about the show, anything you might want to hear, any improvements you think we need to make. We have tough skin. We can take it, and we look forward to it. But that's how we keep the lights on around here. So take a second out. Do that for us, if you would. And go check out Mike at Wim's Consulting, and we will see you next week. And until then, get out there and get after it.
1: You've been listening to the Future Self Podcast. Thanks for listening. Now, get out there and give your future self something to cheer about.